Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And really quick, I want to give a shout-out to my Patreon supporters, Rob Sterobin, Robert Tremarco, MJ Bradley Lestrange, Case Aiken, and Robert Prine Bush. Thank you so much for supporting me. It really makes a huge difference. Of course, if you'd like to join in the fun and support me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Stormageddon. But enough of that. On to this week's episode. So I'm chatting with Julia O'Connell, an incredible writer and blogger who also is a part of the staff helping make this year's Dark Side of the Con 3 happen at the end of March. Um, As mentioned previously on other podcasts and this one, I will be there on several panels as well as just to attend the con. And so we get into some of the details of the con itself as well as VampireFreaks.com, which is, of course, the company behind the con itself. So with that said, please enjoy me chatting with the wonderful Julia O'Connell. Admit, and I'll admit in the podcast that my depth of knowledge of gothic is, I think, more limited than I think it is, <laughs> or I know more about it than I think I do. It's hard we'll to say. Um, and I've also gotten into this habit of not like doing stilted intros to podcasts. I prefer to just kind of start talking. Yeah. It just feels more natural. Um, but for those tuning in now, I am chatting with Julia O'Connell. The incredible goth that I know in my life. Um, <laughs> you do a lot of really awesome things related, related to gothic culture. So you're a writer. You help plan cons. Um, but I think the place we should start is you're a writer for Vampire Freaks. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. I write weekly featured content for the website. Uh, you know, there the vampire freaks has been around for a very long time i like to call it the myspace of the goth scene um and it still has that kind of old school myspacey feel um, and for those who don't know what vampirefreaks.com is tell us a little bit about like yeah. what the website is. so it's a it's a social media site for goths um it's got kind of the forum style uh you can join things called cults which are little interest based groups uh, you have like your own wall and you can um, post statuses and pictures and make friends. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot you can do on there. Um, and it's gone through several iterations over the years. I actually only joined recently within the past three or four years, but there are people who have been on Vampire Freaks since for decades Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the look of the site is very old school internet, uh, which I kind of really dig. And so you've been doing write-ups for them weekly now, and it's like, it's all on go- pretty much goth books, right? Yeah, so that's my specialty. Um, that's what I talk about a lot, but I also cover any other topics of interest, whatever I think would would spark the interest of your average gothic or alternative reader so i've done a few recently on ghosts and hauntings oh cool um you know creepy new york city history um random obscure um macabre items of jewelry one of my favorite posts that i did recently was on lover's eyes which was a trend in 
you know, like the 1700s, I think, where you would exchange mini portraits of your eye with your love and would wear it as like a pin. And it was a thing for like a couple of decades in Europe in the middle of the 1700s. So, uh, you know, I have no desire to yuck other people's yums, but that's an odd <laughs> one. I will say I've worn a lot of strange jewelry over the years, but that's particularly bizarre. And so uh, the web address, obviously, is vampirefreaks.com. It's in the name. Um, and so how did you first get involved with them? Were you just a user on the site before you started actually like writing uh, for them? Yeah, for a little while. I actually met uh, Jet and a few of the other f- people working at Vampire Freaks at... A different convention in New Jersey um, several years ago, and they they had had a booth at the convention where we were running the DJ dance parties, um, and that's when I heard, first heard about Vampire Freaks, which I feel like I should have <laughs> come right. across before then, but right. I was a little out of the loop. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll make an account, but then I didn't really do anything <laughs> with it. I didn't really know how to use it, um, and... Then uh, one of the one of the guys working at Vampire Freaks at the time approached me and he was like, oh, so well, he had looked at my blog. Right. Um, so I have my own book blog, The Gothic Library, um, and he had seen some of my writings on my blog and he said, hey, we're looking for writers for Vampire Freaks because um, at that time they didn't have a lot of written content as like part of the featured site content. So uh, he, he got me into that. I feel like that was like two years ago or... And, and how long have you been doing the Gothic Library for? The Gothic Library I've been doing since 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I launched it the summer after college. Um, I knew that I wanted to blog for a while, and I had been blogging for other book blogs. Um, and then once I graduated college, I was like, all right, I'm starting this. So, yeah, June... 2015 was... Uh... And and the Gothic Library, that one is all books, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. so that's probably what I was thinking of before. And so you've been... And so what is it? You just do book reviews? So it's a bit of a mix. I call the Gothic Library um, a book blog for dark-minded readers. <laughs> and it combines two of my main interests. Um, one is the Gothic literary movement of the 17 and 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other is you know, contemporary novels that are coming out today that are in any of the genres that are darker, whether that's horror, mystery, paranormal fantasy, anything that I can make the argument is uh, <laughs> related or descended in some way from the gothic. Um, so I'll do, I'll do book reviews of usually books that have recently come out. Um, and then I'll do like discussion posts kind of explaining what gothic literature is, what some of the tropes are, um, listing a few examples and doing more in-depth analyses. And then I I like to relate the two. Sometimes in my book reviews, I'll be like, this, this new novel brings up a trope that was started in a gothic novel from the mm-hmm. 1700s. So it's all and, connected. And did you go to school for writing or for literary uh, stuff? Yeah. I was an English and linguistics double major at the College of William and Mary. Um, although I, I always regret that I didn't really discover my love of Gothic literature until like after I graduated. Um, so I never really did much formal studying of Gothic literature in school. I've been mostly self-studying since graduating. Oh wow! Um, but you know, I did study literature in general, so right. that definitely helped. 
Um, and so, of course, another reason I wanted to have you on the show is because uh, as of when this airs in a little under a month, uh, Dark Side of the Con 3 is happening, yes. which I am now gone from being in a panel to three panels because <laughs> that's how I operate. But um, you are actually one of the coordinators working on bringing yes. Dark Side of the Con to life. Have you worked on it all three years or is this the first no, year you're working so, on it? No, uh, so Dark Side of the Con 1, I just attended as a guest. I don't even remember if I did any panels there. Um, Dark Side of the Con 2, I was kind of informally involved. We had some like sudden shifts in management uh, a couple months before the convention, and I had been planning on doing a couple panels. I did a few Gothic literature panels there um, last year, and then when all these shifts were going on, Jet reached out to me um, and was like, hey, can you help us? figure out what's going on with the panels. We're a little short-staffed. Um, so I got involved that way and started bringing in a few of my friends to do panels and, Very cool. and help with the organizing. Um, and this year, Jed approached me again and said, hey, do you want to do that again? And I was like, sure, I'll take an official title. I'll be the <laughs> panelist coordinator and uh, let's get this organized. So. Awesome, yeah. And so there are a bunch of really cool things happening. And so like one of the ones I'm really excited about, of course, I'm doing a panel with for my other podcast, Reignite, with uh, MJ Bradley Lestrange. And we're doing it focusing on gothic video games, more specifically vampires and video yes. games, which have been in gaming since the start of video games. There have been vampires and video games. Um, and I'm excited to do that. But since then, I've also discovered that you're working on a bunch of other stuff and there are bands performing. Like now I'm also moderating the interview with uh, Stabbing Westward, who are the headliners yes. of the of the con. So when, like, bringing in bands and panels, and I, I know there's an application form on the site, and, like, there's burlesque happening, a ton of really great burlesque performers who I, who I know really well are performing, like Petit Renard and Esmeralda May. Um, how do you start bringing those people in? Do they come to you? Do you go looking for them? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a mix of both. I've been, um, I just handle the panels mostly, and Jet was doing most of the outreach to bands. Um, and we also have vendors right. coming and, and selling things. Uh, so we have another person on staff, Chloe, who was in charge of that. Um, and yeah, we, we've had panel and performer applications on the website, and then a lot of it is just personal networking. I mean, Jet has been running like DJ dance nights in and around New York City for years. So mm -hmm. he's got a pretty solid network of bands that he knows and DJs that he knows. Um, if you're part of the New York City goth scene, you will recognize many of the DJs who, <laughs> who will be spinning at Darkside and who are also going to be on a few of the panels. Um, and then I also reached out to people that I knew. There were some people that I brought in last year that are coming back. Um, we're going to have a paranormal panel with a few paranormal investigators. Oh, cool. Um, and one of them is my friend Kenny, who is part of various paranormal investigation groups. Uh, and Chloe is one of the other um, organizers of Darkside, also has her, her interest in the paranormal. And a few other people are going to be on that panel. Um, I brought in a lot of my friends like you yeah. and MJ. Um um, yeah, I didn't mention the other panel I'm doing is a panel on Sandman, the Neil Gaiman book with um, with Raina Sinclair. And I think there's one other Caitlin. person. And Caitlin is also on the panel, um, all friends of mine. And the funny thing about that one is, so I haven't, uh, you know, I'll be honest on the podcast, I haven't read Sandman in a long time. I'm going to do a, a like a quick reread of major stuff before the panel just so I can talk about it. But it's one of those things where I find when I gear up for events like this, 
it really makes me want to revisit things that I haven't visited in right. a while. Like the the vampire panel that we're doing uh, for Reignite. Reignite is a podcast mostly about Mass Effect right now, but it focuses on narrative storytelling and choices. And so we decided to pick up Skyrim, which is a game that has a lot of choices, and do the vampire DLC in that. But also I've been revisiting old video games of like the PlayStation 2, PlayStation, even Nintendo era of, you know, Castlevania has been a video game series that's been around literally forever. And uh, there's been vampires of all different kinds in those. And I think it's just really interesting that Dark Side of the Con wants to honor all of the cool goth-related things. Yeah. It's not super focused on just like, you have to wear black and dance to <laughs> depressing music. Like, that's part of it. But you can you there's a lot of other things that are involved in goth and gothic right. culture beyond what the clichés are. Yeah, I tried to get a good mix of what different aspects of goth we're covering um, in the panel. So we have a few on gothic fashion. I'm actually really excited one of my favorite Instagram and YouTube personalities, Miss E or uh, Madam Absinthe is I believe her handle. Um She's doing a panel on gothic fashion for all sizes and oh, kinda, awesome. like how to find and make clothes that will fit you. Um, we've got music. Um, one of the panels I'm really excited for is we're having women in goth industrial music. And I actually just looked through our list of performers and looked at how many female-fronted bands or bands with female members were on it, and I reached out to all of them, and it's actually one of our largest panels because we had so many bands with uh, That's awesome. women in them. Um, so, you know, it'll it'll have members of Ego Likeness, uh, Amelia Arsenic. Um, there's like six of them. And uh, you're also doing some panels this yes. year. So how many panels are you doing this year? Uh, there are two panels that are like mine, my literature panels. Um, I'm doing Gothic Literature, the Female Gothic, which I actually just finished preparing my PowerPoint for that one. Those are like my research-heavy, you know, serious literature panels. Um, and that will cover, you know, the early Gothic literary movement from the mm -hmm. 1700s and kind of the the influence that women have had and and kind of made their own subgenre in the gothic um and then i'm also doing one on the history of horror in literature oh cool so that will just kind of take us from the gothic into the different genres of horror uh that have grown out of that um or come into existence since then so cool yeah. are you going to be featured on other panels as well yeah, you're not so running i'm i'm moderating the consent in goth culture Excellent. uh panel which i think is a really important one you know we'll be just kind of talking about how the idea of consent and the me too movement um relate to goth culture and what we can all be doing to make you know our local goth scenes a safer place sure um and then i'll also be on the vip feedback panel which Obviously. is uh for, for anyone who has a VIP ticket on Sunday, they'll be able to have a more intimate panel with me and Jet and I believe also Chloe, mm -hmm. um, where they can just, you know, give some personal feedback about the convention and what they'd like to see more in future years. And awesome. It, yeah, it'll be good. I'll That's, be very busy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, when scheduling, because I know only recently you've released a preliminary to, yes. the, to the guests you or the to the people who are doing panels, a preliminary schedule yeah. so they know where they're going to be and all that stuff. How do you organize something like that? It's, yeah, it's difficult because there's a lot of things to keep in mind at once. The reason it's preliminary right now is because we're doing one last look through with like, hey, make sure that you're not scheduled to be in two <laughs> places at the same time, which I actually just caught one last night. I was like, you know, like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so we're, we're still 
finagling things around a little bit, but you can actually take a look at it. It's up on the website now under the schedule tab. Um, just keep in mind that it's preliminary and there might be some small changes. Um, yeah, and it was, it was really interesting to work out. I think Jet put in the bands first and then we kind of worked the panels around that since a right. lot of our band members are going to be on panels. So you have to right. make sure that that doesn't conflict with their performance and you time. Know, you know, and there are going to be panels at the same time as some bands, but you want to yeah. try and have as little overlap as possible because you want people to go see the bands and yeah. the panels. Well, I mean, we got a pretty full schedule, so there will be things happening like all day. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's bands playing sure, of course. like all throughout the weekend. There will be panels happening, although we did... Um, one, one of the new things this year was that, um, we have a very overall later in the day schedule than many conventions. So right. on Saturday, we don't start till noon. Okay. Um, and part of that is because the DJ dance parties are going till 4 a.m. Sure. on Friday and Saturday night. So you don't have to choose between staying up all night dancing and like seeing a really cool panel in the morning. Um, and I think we've learned that lesson. Actually, one of the reasons that I uh, got involved with Vampire Freaks early on was uh, several years ago at a steampunk convention, they, Jet um, was going to be on a panel about goth and steampunk, but they scheduled it for 11 a.m. the morning after he was DJing. And he, he didn't quite make it to his panel on time so I kind of impromptu took the panel over and just like started talking about goth and steampunk and he wandered in halfway through and was like oh hey the panel's happening without me and I, that, that was how I discovered my love of paneling um but we did that's learn fun. from that one we were like you know let, let's give people a little time to wake up in the morning that's fair um and we'll have a couple things earlier on Sunday um we have goth yoga Sunday morning at 11. Yeah. Uh, what makes yoga goth? <laughs> you know, I, I haven't been to it uh, yet. We had it last year, too. But it's run by um, one of our band members. Um, I guess they just do goth yoga on the road. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's hangover relief <laughs> right, for uh, sure. after your late night partying. So... That's really fun. Yeah. And so um, Dark Side of the Con, of course, I believe, it, as I recall, and I should know this because I'll be there, is the last weekend of March. Is yeah. it not? Yeah. Yeah. It's March 29th to 31st. Awesome. At the Sheridan Persippany in Persippany, New Jersey. Which the Sheridan itself is sold out. And yeah. you have a partner hotel. The that's Hyatt like, House, yeah. Which is an overflow hotel yeah. for the con. Yeah. And it's a short walking distance away. So. That's awesome. And and uh, the con itself, though, isn't sold out. Regular and VIP tickets are still on sale. Correct. And it's darksideofthecon.com, right? Correct. Excellent. Uh, we'll plug that again at the end of the show. But um, yeah, I think what's really interesting to me, so I was alluding earlier that I don't know about as much about gothic culture as I think. Like like many ki kids my age, I'll use the word kid because I don't <laughs> want to give a million my age. When I was in high school, I wore a lot of black. I painted my nails black. I wore makeup. I had jewelry. So like I was labeled goth, even though I listened to everything from pop punk to pop, to rock, to rap, like, because goth, I feel like in a lot of pop culture scenes is music influenced. Right. And that, you know, it's not necessarily always about the gothic things you consume outside of music, but it, but gothic culture is actually a lot more than just the music. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely purists out there that will tell you, like, if you're not listening to this goth band, then you're not goth. Um, but I also didn't get into it through the music. In high school, I was listening to emo and pop punk um, and pop. And I got into it through the literature, right. um, which I'm kind of like, that's where the roots are. That's where it comes <laughs> from. I, can, I will sit down and give a PowerPoint about that. 
Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of goth culture. There's the fashion, there's the music, there's the literature, there's the cinema. Um, but most of it, like, my, my rule is if you want to call yourself a goth, it just means that you need to participate in the goth scene in yeah. some way, whether that's going out to clubs or following blogs or listening to the music or buying brands that are part of the goth cult- subculture. Um, and then the other half of it is just kind of like having the gothic mindset and right. outlook on life, which is finding beauty in darkness and interest in the macabre and the taboo. Um, and those are kind of unrelated. You can have people who have that kind of gothic interest but have never really participated in the goth subculture. Yeah. Um, and you can have people loosely in the goth subculture that have a more surface level interest in it. Um, sure. But that's all okay. There's no need to uh, <laughs> gatekeep and get into arguments of, of who's more goth. And that's my favorite thing. There are some steampunk conventions that I've gone to that will remain nameless for the moment um, that it felt very gatekeeping. Like people were like, oh, you're not wearing a steampunk outfit. You're super, you're not steampunk enough. Like, you know, and I was at this convention with my wife's band who was, you know, more Irish folk focused and rock and roll, but they were a right aesthetic for a steampunk show. And so like, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 the thing that excites me about Dark Side of the Con is it doesn't seem gatekeepy at all. It seems very inclusive, which right. I really enjoy. And we're not, we don't even market ourselves as purely a goth convention. If you look on the website, um, you know, our tagline is it's a dark alternative convention. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we get into that with the music too. There are bands coming that are more industrial. Yeah. There are bands that are just kind of like dark rock, yeah. um, some metal, um, as opposed, you know, in addition to your more traditionally goth bands. Right. Well, yeah, and I like that too because like it, it seems like on the vendor side, like you'll have comic books and art and like tattooing and whatever yeah. else. And like none of that is inherently goth, but they have goth sides to them. Just right. like, again... My podcast, Reignite, is not a goth podcast, though we do talk about some dark stuff. But we're we're fitting the format because gaming is more than just, you know, the one game that we're talking about. And there's tons of really cool gothic-related things yeah. in video games. Um, I also think it's really neat the range of bands that you're having. Like I mentioned earlier, the headlining band is Stabbing Westward, a band that broke up in the 2000s and recently got back together. And I... I was not a diehard fan of them in high school, but I liked their stuff. And, like, there are a ton of songs that I totally forgot about until I saw that they were playing. And then, of course, once I became the moderator, I was like, oh, I better re-listen to everything, which I've been doing lately. And I would have never in high school considered them a goth band. I mostly would have considered them emo or dark rock or, you know, like... A lot of the the alt rock of the time, you know, you're Breaking Benjamin, you're Disturbed, like all of those bands, I wouldn't consider goth, but definitely had goth aesthetics. Right. I mean, David Draymond, the lead singer of Disturbed, you know, wore all black and belt buckles and definitely had a goth aesthetic, but his music didn't always. And so I just think it's really interesting that Stabbing Westward is the headliner, especially as a band that I forgot I really loved. And it's been fun to, as a music nerd, to re-dive into their stuff. Right. Are there any bands in particular that you're looking forward to seeing at the yeah. show? Yeah. Um, what I always love is ego likeness. Um, I'm really bad at band genres, so <laughs> I don't even know what genre all these stuff are. Um, but they're a really cool duo, um, and they're going to be on some of our panels, too. Oh, cool. Um, Stephen Archer is also an artist, and he does some really amazing painting, so he'll be on our dark visual arts panel. Um, and uh, and then, of course, 
Donna Lynch is going to be on our women in goth industrial panel. Sure. Um, so they're always delightful. Is there is there something? Are there things that you learn about goth goth culture that you didn't really know every year at this con? Yeah. Is there like cool stuff that you've discovered going to the con? Um, I, I mean, the bands are a big thing for me because yeah. I was not originally into goth music, and right. I'm always discovering new stuff. Um, so I always love to to hear these bands for the first time that I've sure. never heard of before. Um, and some of them are coming back, like The Long Losts and Spider Lilies are all ones that I discovered at previous years of Dark Side of the Con. Um, and then, yeah, the the panels are always uh, enlightening Are you as a well. panel junkie? Do you yes, like hitting I all the panels? Yes, I love panels. Um, I'm really excited to learn things at some of the panels we have here. Um, one of One of our more educational ones is... The New Jersey Batman, Joe D'Angeli, who runs a uh, wildlife center for rehabilitating bats in New Jersey. Is, oh, wow. He's coming. He's bringing some of his live bats, and there's going to be That's an so exhibit cool. room on Saturday where you can go and see the bats, and he's doing a lecture about them, too. That's really uh, neat. So that'll be, that'll be educational, um, hoping to learn some cool <laughs> bat facts. Yeah, uh, my, my favorite thing, I've started going to more and more cons over the years, and you end up going to panels that you don't know that you'd necessarily be interested in or even a panel that like your friends take you to that you think might be boring but because of how great the panelists are you get really engaged like uh at uh, magfest uh this year back in january i went to a arcade cabinet making <laughs> panel where these local guys from new york talk about making custom arcade cabinets and i like i'll never build one but that said, I still had a blast learning how to build yes. one and like everything that goes into it. And they were building one live in the room with us. Uh, it was it was really neat. Um, are there any things that when you go to the con that you're surprised that you found interest in? Yeah. Um, one of our recurring panels that we've had every year is goth parenting. <laughs> um, and the first year I just kind of like came in in the last five minutes because I was there for the next panel that was happening. And it was really cute because there were so many, you know, a, a lot of us who started out as goths in our teens are now like adults yeah. with families and lives. Jet has a like teenage kid um, and Chloe also has a, a small little daughter. And I think it was the first dark side that her kid was like an infant and was like crawling across the table as these like five goths sat there like talking about their lives as being goth parents. Um and then last year I went and actually sat down for the whole panel, um, which, you know, wasn't something I would have ordinarily shown up to because I don't have kids. I'm not a parent. <laughs> right. Um, but I just love the idea of, you know, they, they talked a lot about, you know, how, how do the other parents treat you when you show up at back to school <laughs> night? And, and one of the um, people there last year was like, yeah, I'm, you know, on the PTO and I drive my hearse to the school and they recognize me in the parking lot but uh you know they've learned to just accept that that's who i am um and some of them had their kids on the panel with them last year and the kids were all like oh yeah i'm the jock in the family i know i'm a disappointment to my parents <laughs> but you know they, they have to rebel <laughs> against I mean, the goth parents you, you have to assume that 
like you can't take this stuff too seriously. I think right. a lot of things that I hate about some modern cons is the gatekeeping, of course. I'm sure as a woman, woman in a nerdy culture of any kind, you are well aware of gatekeeping. Right. Uh, but I think what's refreshing about a lot of cons that I read about more recently, especially the smaller ones, is that they really want to make it inclusive for everybody and that there's no rule on how to be a goth. Um, a lot of conventions actually have cosplay. Do people cosplay at Dark Side of the Yeah, con? actually. So we have a villain's costume ball. I uh -huh. believe it's Friday night of the con. Um, so that's our main like cosplay-themed uh, event, and there's a costume contest. You can actually win. I think there's a cash prize and like... Um, a gift card to the Vampire Freaks store. Oh, nice. That's a, so Vampire Freaks is a social media site. It's also a store, clothing store with a lot of um, goth brands on sale. So my one of my friends actually won last year, uh, Katie Lee of White Rabbit uh, Cosplay. Uh, she was Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas, but like in a ball gown. It was like huh. a burlap sack ball gown. That's really cool. And she had all these LED lights inside her hood and these little plastic bugs all over her. So she's amazing. Um, and we're actually uh, having a cosplay panel this year. Oh, cool. So uh, Katie Lee will be on it. Um, and so will a couple of other cosplayers. That's really uh, neat. So yeah, and they, you know... A lot of them tend to have like slightly darker themed cosplays, so Obviously, they'll kind yeah. of go into that. But um, and then yeah, some people. I mean, goth is such a wide um, thing that you yeah. and and goth is about just like wearing whatever you want and whatever makes you feel good. And for some people, that's coming in costume. So yeah, do what you want. Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used to be an avid cosplayer. I found as I've gotten a little older, I'm a lot lazier. Um, but that said, I'm always fascinated yeah. by the costumes that people come up with, especially at, at a bunch of different cons, especially when there's a specific focus, because then you have to think within or even outside that box to make yeah. it original, which I always find really interesting. Also, like the idea that you have to wear black to be a goth is so nonsense now, which I think is really interesting. Right. Like, so there's a, a, a drag queen that I love named uh, Precious Envy, and she's a, what she labeled herself a bubblegum goth. Like, she wears a lot of goth clothes, you know, of different darker shades, but she also, like, lip syncs pop songs like Katy Perry and other stuff. And so, like, learning that there are even subgenres of right. golf culture is really fascinating to me. Again, a thing that I don't think I have a huge grip on, but I'm always interested and open to learn more about. Because I know there are gothic things yeah. that I like. I don't always know what falls under gothic. Yeah. Like, I know a ton of Neil Gaiman stuff is gothic. I mean, you know, death has been a character in multiple iterations of different things that Gaiman has done. Um, and so I always find it really interesting. Do you... Sometimes take things that you're really nerdy about and try and make them fit into God. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of my favorite panels that I put together. I feel like when I proposed it to Jet, he was kind of like, "Is that is that really goth though?" But um, so my friend uh, John Lestrange, uh -huh. husband of uh, MJ Bradley Lestrange, yes. who will be on your reignite panel. Um, but John's a historian and he's uh -huh. a history professor. Um, so I reached out to him and was like, "I would love for you to do a panel about." the literal goths, like the Germanic tribes who sacked Rome. Uh, so he's he's doing a panel on gothic history from from the the Visigoths, Nostrogoths, and the influence that they have had on culture and like what we can still see today that was influenced by them. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, that... People love to make jokes about, like, you're not really goth unless you sack Rome, but people don't really understand... Um, 
you know, how that word came to apply to this subculture sure, from, uh, you know, what it originally referred to. Um, I have a PowerPoint on that as well. I'm sure. Um, but so I'm hoping that John will cover some of that and how, how the word goth uh, kind of bridged that gap from like Germanic tribes uh, to the subculture and music genre that the we have kids today. who wear arm warmers and baggy pants right um yeah i it's it's funny uh you talk about preparing powerpoints and like i think for all of my panels i probably just plan to show up phone in hand and uh fly by the seat of my pants i mean it's a notorious gag at this point on reignite that uh mj takes an insane amount of notes <laughs> and i don't and it shows um but, you know, it's her baby and she carries me through and I'm very <laughs> grateful for it. I add I add charm to the show. Um, but, like, you know, I've started in recent years thinking about that kind of stuff. Like, if I were to do a panel with, like, a PowerPoint and different things that I want to show, like, how would I do that? And I think it's, it's really – what's really interesting to me about panels is I'm obviously a podcaster and, and very much love podcasting. And I think panels are essentially – I mean, they are. They're live podcasts. I mean, we're right. going to record the Reignite – uh, live podcast and air it um, and I just think it's it's kind of there's a, a level of education at panels at cons I think that you don't really get anywhere else and I think some people try and recreate it for YouTube and other places but I think it's there's nothing better than going into those rooms with other people especially if they have enough charisma on their own to just lead a conversation often it doesn't matter what the panel's about you just want to listen to them talk right. and hear their thoughts I mean there was a panelist I saw whose name is escaping me now, of course, at MAGFest, who talked about being a, a gaming collector and, like, collecting old games, consoles, memorabilia. And I'm not a collector. My co-host on Fun and Games, Jeff, is, and he was going, and so I went to meet him. And I ended up being really sucked in because he was really charismatic and funny. And then I also found out when I got home that he's only got, like, 200 followers on Twitter, which so there's nothing wrong with that. But, like... The fact that he still wanted to create this thing that so many people came to. I'm sure he got so many more followers after the fact. But the fact that cons seem to be more willing to bring in smaller fish, essentially, right. for lack of a better word, to help promote the things they're working on and to fill out the kinds of things that they want to promote, I think is really great. Um, is there a criteria when you guys are reaching out to panelists of what their following is, or do you really not care about that yeah. as long as they want to do an interesting talk? We we didn't really, you know, look up to see how many followers you had or right. Twitter or anything, you know. Um, we definitely um, gave more priority to people who were performers or well-known names in the right. scene because sure. that's going to draw a crowd. But a lot of it just came down to what your application looked like yeah. and people that sent in a description, um, you know, if it sounded like you really knew what you were talking about from your panel description, <laughs> then you're in. And and then a lot of the rest of the decision was just about, you know, if, if too many people applied with the same idea, sure. we could only go with one. Or sometimes we combined them. Right. Um, so if three different people submitted the same idea, I'd reach out to them and be like, would you like to just do a group panel with the three of you together? So we had a few of those. Um, um, uh, actually, something I wanted to ask about, mostly because uh, it's been in the back of my head. I recently reapplied because I covered it last year, FlameCon. I'm curious about if there's any uh, spotlights on queerness in the goth scene. Yeah, we actually, uh, one of the ones that three different people applied to and I reached out and said, hey, come together, is our uh, trans and non-binary in goth culture. Oh, cool. Um, so that one I'm really excited for. Chelsea Goodwin, who has been in the goth scene for decades. She's one of our elder goths, um, and she runs the radio show In Goth We Trust. Um, so she's a pretty big name. She was also a huge trans 
activist um, in in past decades when that wasn't as visible of a thing. Sure. Um, so she's got a really interesting uh, perspective to bring. And then we also have the younger crowd. Um, one of our Vampire Freaks interns, Jade, uh, is also going to be on that panel. Um, and so I think uh, between... Uh, the four of them on that panel, kind of, kind of spanning the age range and different gender identities, um, they'll be able to to give a broad look at um, trans and non-binary experiences um, and how it relates specifically to goth culture. Um, there's a funny meme that's been going around l- lately about what's your gender goth because uh, goth has always been a place where you can play with taboos and play sure. with gender so um yeah i mean i, I i'm struggling to think of a more well-known genre, subgenre of fashion or genre of fashion where men are encouraged often required to wear makeup yeah and like that it doesn't matter what your gender is you know here put on more black eyeshadow you'll be fine um, you know, nail like I my entrance to painting my nails when I did in high school was through the goth movement and the rock scene in general. But I never considered myself a goth when I did it. But because it was so prominent in the goth th- scene, other people assumed I was, right. which I always thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, navigating nerd genres of any kind with keeping in mind the LGBTQ community is something much more interesting now as I get older and I fall into categories I never even considered when I was younger just because it wasn't really as publicly talked about, which is, I think, also really fascinating. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things we want to highlight at Dark Side is the diversity within the goth movement. Um, Another panel that uh, I helped put together this year that I'm really excited for is our Goths of Color and, awesome. uh, you know, exploring race in the alternative scene. So we have, and and that's another thing that's been kind of a controversial uh, among some people yeah. topic. You know, there's this, I mean, there's kind of a stereotype that to be goth is to be pale, white, with yeah. dark hair. And that's, I mean, that has never been the reality no. of the goth scene. Of course not. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have a, a group panel on that for people to talk about their experiences being a person of color in the goth scene and any racism that they face within the scene or, you know, lack of understanding outside the scene. Awesome. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of a, a lot of the pushback against that comes from, like, outside the scene and people who don't even know what goth is and things that, like, only <laughs> their w- stereotype. I would not ha- hesitate to say that 90% of that pushback is from middle-aged white men who have nothing better to do. <laughs> right. That has just been... And also, if you're a middle-aged white man who's offended by that statement, <laughs> don't at me. I don't care. Um, you know, because I, as, as someone who, you know, I'm not middle-aged yet, but I'm on my way there... Um, I often, like, whenever I see something I don't understand or something that, like, puts me off, I try to understand it versus pushing it away. You know, and there are a lot of stereotypes in the goth community that I've seen in other places. I mean, one of the most prominent things in the back of my mind right now is I recently played the last South Park game that came out called The Fractured But Whole, which is a superhero spoofed uh, game. But there's a a bit of the DLC where one of your party members is an infamous goth character 
on the, the show. Because in the cartoon, there was a series of four, uh, four different characters who named I'm blanking on, but they're, they're the goths in South Park. And, like, they speak very quietly and they're very chill. And, like, like her powers are really ridiculous in the game. Like, she's, her final move is she summons Satan to, like, beat up the enemies, which I just, I love how tongue-in-cheek it is because none of it comes from a malicious place. You know, some of South Park's humor does. That's kind of the point of South Park. But what I loved about their humor with the goths, at least in this game, is, like, they ma- they made her very powerful and like very commanding and honestly one of the best characters in the game which I really dug and like the it just made me want to learn more about those characters in the show but then also just goth culture in general because I just you have to have a sense of humor right. about it. Right, that's another stuff. stereotype is that goths are sad and miserable. Yeah. And, like, come to Dark Side, you will not see a weekend full of people being sad and miserable. No. Like, goths love to have fun. Um, you know, we have a sense of humor, even if it's sometimes, like, dark or surprising sure. to other people. Like, um, I can't promise my jokes won't be about murder, but they'll right? be funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I'm really excited about Dark Side of the Con also because, again, I feel I feel like I can learn more about it about the culture, about how much I know about the culture, don't know about the culture, what I consider. You know, like, for example, I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about other vampire games besides Skyrim, Dawn Guard, which is part of Skyrim in our panel. But, like, something I'm really excited to talk about is uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night because it's, first of all, one of the most well-known Castlevania games ever made. Um, It stars everyone's favorite pretty boy, Alucard. Um, And also, recently, there's been a uh, Netflix series focused on the story of Castlevania that's been a really big hit. And I'm curious to engage with golf culture because I don't know how much they've embraced it. Because even though it's about vampires and Dracula and, like, you know, Dracula spends most of the series actually being very mopey. Um, I'm curious, you know, where the crossover is for gaming and goth culture because, like, off the tip of my tongue, thinking about vampires in games is way easier. But thinking about video games that are specifically gothic might be harder for me. And so I'm interested to do that research and to see of the people who show up when we do a Q&A, like the kinds of things they consider to be gothic oh, yeah. related. There's actually uh, one other video game panel at the con, um, which will be talking similar topics, but uh, hopefully going in a different direction from yours. Um, glitches of the gothic, gothic cub- subculture throughout video games run by my friend Kyle Lynch. Oh, nice. And yeah, so he'll be talking about everything from... You know, Vampire the Masquerade and mm-hmm. kind of like the the cyberpunk elements of Shadowrun. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think there's definitely a lot of uh, overlap between gamers and goths. Oh, and for sure. That'll and be I, interesting. And I think, and as you mentioned earlier, like, goth isn't just vampires. Like, it's the supernatural and ghosts. And, like, so you could argue, probably argue that the Resident Evil games or the Silent Hill games right. are very gothic as well. Um, I'll have to see. Hopefully, I'm not in a panel when he does that panel, so I can attend I usually, that panel. When I was putting the panel, I tried to not put anything of a similar topic at the at same, same time. Because I figure it's going to be the same people who are wanna, go wanting to, to go to the, you know, if they have an interest in video games, going to the two video game panels or mm-hmm. um, going to all the literature panels, so... Do you have a projected size for the con this year? Or can you talk about the number of people who attended yeah. last year? I actually uh, don't have the numbers, so I'm not really sure. But I know that we're a lot bigger this year. Mm-hmm. So this is a new venue. We used to be over at the Radisson Piscataway. Okay. Um, and we upgraded to the Sheraton because it's a much bigger hotel. Right. Um, and we actually have a significant uh, amount of more panels this year than we did in past years. Um, I think we had like 
30 to 40, maybe like 30 panels in previous years. I don't even know how many we have this year. Um, but every time Jet goes and checks out the hotel, he keeps coming back and be like, hey, we have even more space available. <laughs> we have more panel rooms. Can we do more stuff? Uh, so we wound up um, some of the panel rooms. The panel rooms are going to be really big. So I think even though we have a lot of people, there shouldn't be an issue of uh, the panels being too crowded and not being able to get in because um, we have uh, one of our panel rooms. We kind of combined salon one and two and opened up the dividing wall between them. So that should be a pretty... You know, you should be able to fit a fair number of people. Um, we have four different panel rooms, uh, so there there will be plenty to do and plenty of room for everyone. Awesome. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, before wrapping up about the kind of vendors you're going to have. Yeah. So uh, we haven't talked about that much. I know you mentioned Chloe's focused on uh, putting that together, but tell us a little bit about the kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, I, I goth fashion is kind of all over the internet, especially depending on where you're pulling your source material from. Like, there are things in Star Wars that I would argue is gothic, you know, and things like that. So are there any vendors that you want to chat about briefly that you're really excited to right. see? Yeah, um, I mean, we've got quite a variety of, of fashion-related ones. There are vendors that are a little bit more steampunk, like Deviant Elegance. Um, and then we have more of, like, the fetish and bondage and lingerie type things. Um, and then we have a lot of art. There's going to be uh, Celsus born pottery. Like, you Ooh. probably don't think pottery when you think <laughs> the word goth. No, no not necessarily. Um, but, you know, he's worked on making a few darker themed uh, mugs, and we try to just have, like, um, you know, a wide variety of what we're selling here. There's going to be um, Storm's horns and on sundries and they have like flower crowns with antlers cool. and things like that. Yeah, I imagine there's got to be a lot of costuming kind of stuff yeah. too because, you know, all cons have people wearing stuff. Um, do you guys have, so I saw the greatest thing at MAGFest, they had a cosplay repair station? Uh, you know, I don't know that we have an official one of those, but... Uh, uh, um, but something to think about, it was just really funny, like, and it was mostly just, like, well-known cosplayers who were going to the con at a booth when they were on their off time, right. helping people fix their costumes yeah. if they have a sudden break-in, which I think... I feel like in the goth neat. scene, if something rips, you're like, add a safety pin. Yeah, now right. It's a decorative safety pin. Right, exactly. Um... <laughs> Um, well, I think Dark Side of the Con, for me at least, is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. And so, uh, in wrapping up, uh, just to confirm, people can still buy tickets now, as of when they're listening to this, um, at darksideofthecon.com. Correct. And there are VIP and regular tickets available? Yeah. And there are also some extra add-ons that you can buy. Um, Stabbing Westward is doing an acoustic set, uh, but you that's a separate ticketed event, so if you want to purchase that add-on when you get your ticket... Um, and then we have a couple of workshops that are extra ticketed events. So we're having a nightmare eater dream catcher making Ooh. workshop. Um, so that one has a, a materials fee. So I'm guessing, can... yeah, that there's a cost to cover yeah. for, for providing materials. That's really awesome. And then, um, and it's the last weekend in March. It's uh, again at the Sheridan in Parsippany. Yes. Uh, and if anyone's... Uh, coming in from New York City uh, without a car, you can take NJ Transit to the Morris Plains train station. I've awesome. been getting a lot of questions about that. So <laughs> you can get there. Excellent. Um, well, Julia, thank you for joining me. Tell people where they can find you on the internet, you know, various social medias, websites, all of that. Yeah. So uh, if you're on Vampire Freaks, I am the Gothic Librarian, all one word, uh, on Vampire Freaks. Uh, 
so friend me, uh, and, you, and that's where you can see my featured content on the website. Um, you can also check out my blog, thegothiclibrary.com, um, and I'm on Twitter. My blog's Twitter is gothic underscore library. I'm usually just posting links to my blog post there, um, and you can also just follow me, myself, on Twitter uh, at juliajoc15. Awesome. Well, Julia, thank you for being on the show. The last thing I'll ask you to do is we have a saying on the show. Um, it's a saying that was born out of just kind of me growing up being obsessed with music. And the, the saying is music is life and life is good. It's this idea that as long as you're making any kind of art like music, you'll have a good life. So if you could sign us off with that phrase, I would really appreciate I love it. that. Uh, music is life and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.